Baseball 360 friends, welcome back to another episode. We're going to step into this batter's box right away. We got a lot to talk about. Premature rainouts, the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays, Cy Young Award pitcher going out there dealing, and we got banned from Reddit. Yes, that happened. Foz is going to touch up on that, but let's bring him in first. Thanks again for another wonderful show. Uh, looks like we're wearing uh, the same shirt. I think we kind of had the same idea Seeing how the Pirates are getting off to this hot start. Wanted to show off a little uh, Dave Parker quote. If you hear some noise, if you hear any noise, just me and the boys bopping. Uh, I know you are, you know, we kind of got that together. Uh, we actually wore him at a bachelor party a few years ago, but uh, have now since worn him at baseball events, uh, including when we went to the, that Rockies game in Colorado. Looks like we all, we had the same idea there. No, absolutely. I want to represent these Pittsburgh Pirates that are off to a nice start. We're going to touch up on them later in the episode. But uh, Foz, you got something you want to say to our subscribers out there, am I right? Yes, indeed. I want to kind of throw a little contest out there. And for those future subscribers, I want to get to 100 subscribers. We both do. So subscribe to our channel, like this video, and comment below who your favorite team is and what game you would like to see from them. And once we do get to 100 subscribers, we're going to put this in a week's time. So a week from when this releases, we want to get to 100 subscribers. And if we hit that mark and you like and subscribe and comment on this video, I will give away two tickets free to a team of your choice, your favorite team, any game this season. So look, we're not going to get like premium seats here, but that's not to say that I won't give you free tickets. So Please like, subscribe, comment below on this video. Tell us who your favorite team is, what game you'd like to see. And who knows, if we do get to 100 subscribers by the end of the week, and we'll do like a little prize, little raffle on our end, and we'll get in contact with you. And we'll make sure that those tickets get sent to you. And if you do win, we'd love for you to kind of take pictures and videos of, you know, your interaction at that game. So we're not here to bullshit you. We want to, you know, be straight up and say, look, we got this contest. Let's get some subscribers going on this channel. And we'll do this more and more as we get more subscribers. So I uh, just want to throw that out there and uh, good luck to the winner. Yeah, absolutely. How about that? A Major League Baseball game on the house. I mean, you can't pass up something like that. And these Major League Baseball games, they don't last as long as they used to. So you'll be in and out of there. But anyway, we're heading to first base. Fans, how do you feel about rainouts? They suck, right? But how do you feel about premature rainouts? Rainouts that never even happened. They cancel games a day before just because they think the weather's going to be bad, or maybe a couple of players on the team are tired. Uh, several home openers were rained out on Thursday and pushed to that Friday. Built-in off day, the schedule has. Uh, happened with the Mets. Uh, their home opener was pushed back. I'd like to think that was influenced by something other than the weather, how do you feel about this, Foz? Uh, yeah, it's a little confusing because, as you said, at the Mets game specifically, it looked like it was a nice day out on Thursday. I didn't really see much rain in the forecast, maybe outside in the early morning. But it's not like the field was flooded or there was difficulty for those players to go on the field and play the game. It was a little peculiar. Uh, I remember I, I texted you midweek. I was like, I don't know if this is like a huge story, but I think for us, like it's a great conversation to kind of get started and just maybe see like what the fans think of this as well. Because, you know, I just find that the Mets getting swept in Milwaukee and, you know, they had another game, the home opener coming up. And then, you know, all of a sudden the day before they're like, oh, the rain, we can't play. Let's cancel this. And it gets pushed to Friday. And then, you know, they play Friday, which 
actually looked worse than it did on Thursday, which was very odd. Uh, so I don't know, like uh, looking on your side as a Mets fan perspective, do you think there was some sort of influence from the front office or do you think it was just one of those things where the weathermen said something, they went with that decision and then they canceled the game? No team probably needed that day off more than the Mets did. That I know. Um, you could probably get away with this early in the season like this. You know, the commissioner's office probably gives you a little leeway to do something like this. You have that built-in off day. In the middle of the summer where the games are kind of condensed and, you know, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, 20 games in 21 days, some teams have stretches like that, you might see a little less leeway given to teams and their ability to cancel a game early. When it comes to the Mets, you can always look and think Uncle Stevie had something to do with that. Uh, I think you're underestimating the amount of pull Buck Showalter has as well. I think it was a perfect storm. No pun intended, but hey, screw it. (laughs) Why not? That was a good pun. I was a little surprised, though, as I was checking my MLB at bat app, looking down the list of postponed games. wasn't just the Mets. It was the Yankees home opener, uh, Phillies, Orioles. No, it was the Orioles home opener. Thank you. Yes. You know, this might be an unfortunate trend, but you might see the schedule makers tweak something if um, this sort of gamesmanship happens. Uh, Like I said, it's very early in the season. I don't really want to dive too deep into an off day or a rain out like this, but it, like you were saying, the perfect word for this is quite peculiar. Yeah. And I know the Reds also got postponed and that one game uh, that was postponed is actually pushed all the way to September. So I just want to kind of like go into a fan's perspective if I can really quickly with this. So like, for instance, if you're in Cincinnati, you're a Reds fan, you had this date marked like, Hey, I'm going to the ballpark this day. I'm going to take off from either school or from work to go to this game. I'm super pumped. This is like the first game I'm going to go to this season. And then a game gets canceled. And now you have to wait until, you know, obviously September to go to that specific game. And so it just kind of stinks that like from a fan's perspective, a game gets banged out the day before. And then once that day comes, it looks like it's, playable like it's a playable weather for baseball and you kind of get gypped out of you know a pto day or a vacation day or what have you uh and your obligations and now you have to kind of scramble and kind of you know do something else or like buy another ticket to another game and go to that game so like i know i think major league baseball does fulfill rain out games for other dates but it also is dependent on the situation right so for like the Mets, for instance, you know, it got pushed to one day. So from, instead of Thursday, you go to Friday. I bet some people were pumped about that because it's the beginning of a long weekend. However, I bet some fans weren't able to make it because, you know, they couldn't make it that Friday. They couldn't take off. And so, you know, you can get another ticket for another game, but it's nothing like opening day. And as you know, like that's a special event, especially with a home team. So you know, for a fan, I think it kind of stinks. I'm sure GM has some pull in that. And, and obviously the other team as well has some pull with the Miami Marlins. So who's to say like what went behind closed doors? But yeah, all I'm saying is a little peculiar. I got to be honest. I feel like we're the only two people actually complaining about it. I didn't hear fans being too vocal about this situation. 
but uh, definitely interesting. Well, anyway, let's head from first over to second. Let's actually talk about the games that were played. Mets ended up faring well in their home opener. The bats came alive, thankful to Edwin Cabrera's inability to find the plate. They got back into the win column, so uh, we can get off the ledge now, Mets fans. Uh, relax. I really want to talk about those undefeated Tampa Bay Rays. Now, in my predictions, what did I tell you? You can never count the Tampa Bay Rays out, right? Well, boom, they're 7-0 and right off the bat. Now, let me be clear, though. This is just baseball. 7-0 and doesn't mean a whole lot in baseball, especially when you start your season beating up on teams like the Oakland Athletics, Detroit Tigers, and Washington Nationals. They could kind of help give themselves some separation between the other teams because let's say if the Rays schedule gets tougher and they go into a tailspin, they at least built up some equity winning these first seven games. What do you think? Yeah, I believe they're up uh, two or three games now on, I believe, the Blue Jays and Yankees. Look, it's very early in the season. As you mentioned, they're playing teams that are probably lower tier in Major League Baseball with the Tigers, Nationals, and A's. Only one game against the A's. We're recording on a Saturday, so haven't seen the rest of those games happen in that series. However, I would like to point out an interesting stat, stat I came across that all seven games this season – the Rays have won by at least four or more runs. That hasn't happened since the 1884 St. Louis Maroons did it, where they actually had a 13-game streak of that stat. And I just thought that was mind-blowing. Just goes to show that, you know, what they're doing isn't common at all. Uh, and I do think that, you know, there is some semblance of they have great pitching they have great offense going right now Randy Rosarina of course being one of those guys will be interesting to see when they do have tougher opponents coming in uh, we're going to tease that much later in the show we're going to have an upcoming series with them where we'll really see some fireworks going off but hey kudos to them for going 7-0 so far we'll see if they sweep the A's in Tampa this weekend but even if they do yeah I mean they got a nice little cushion for April and like I said previously you can't win a division in April, but you can certainly lose it. And the Rays are definitely not doing that right now. <laughs> My man made in St. Louis Maroons reference. Does this guy know his baseball or does this guy know his baseball? Another game that took place uh, during this week, a home opener, if I'm not mistaken, Fazio's 2023 AL Central Division champion, the Chicago White Sox, had a hell of a week this week against the San Francisco Giants. That wonderful pitching staff that he just continues to talk about gave up 13 home runs, 13 home runs in that series against the Giants. Fazio, what do you have to say about that, buddy? <laughs> I will say Dylan Cease is an absolute beast, and uh, he actually did pitch well in one of the games they won against the Giants. However, yeah, a little rough start. I will say, you know, Chicago, a little tough weather there out in the Windy City. Uh, early April, Aloy Jimenez did go on the, D, on the IL, I should say, a 10-day IL. So, you know, I, I did mention in our predictions that their whole team has to be healthy in order for them to win the series or win the division, I should say. I will say they are only 3-5 and five thus far, so hopefully they pick things up uh, as they go against the Pittsburgh Pirates who let's talk about them. We got our sh the shirts on and stuff like that. Their offense has been scoring, heating up, beat up on the White Sox yesterday in their home opener, 13-9. The Marble Race in Reddit predicted them to be in the World Series. Could this be the beginning of that? I'm not sure. What do you think? Listen to the Marble, people. No. Um, so 
when predicting my teams this year, you knew who the cellar dwellers were going to obviously be. And when it came to the Pirates, I didn't think they were going to be totally horrible this year. I do like Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, the veteran presence of Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana, big veteran to have on your team. Try to take these younger players to the next level. Show them how to play winning baseball. It's a lot better in Pittsburgh right now than it has been in years past. Granted, they're only eight games into the season, seven or eight games into the season. For Pirates fans, you guys are very passionate about your baseball. And you don't have to be as passionate as you guys are. You guys could throw in the towel if you want, but you don't seem to do that. So I want you guys to have a winning team sooner rather than later. I I love some of the talent on that team. So, hey... You got yourself a Pittsburgh Pirates fan right here. I am going to be rooting for them until those wheels fall off. Yeah, it's nice that they have sort of a balance of like veteran presence and then younger guys coming on the squad because you can kind of get those veterans to go on the squad and say, hey, like, I like your approach to this pitch. Here's how you can tweak those things. And you see like in that game, you know, against the White Sox on Thursday, a lot of them stepped up and produced a ton of runs against you know, such a great White Sox rotation and, and, and pitching. I know, I know, I know we're really beating them down here. But in any case, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, like, maybe they make a transaction in the midseason. We know that this front office is not really notorious for making such uh, decisions and trades and things like that. But, you know, if they do continue to play well, then they might have to force their hand and get somebody out there to come on the squad. We love a dark horse you know, we made those predictions, but I I got to be honest. I hope they're all wrong. I hope baseball gets turned upside down and you see some weird teams in the playoffs. I have no issue with that. Sandy Alcantara, he's still pretty good. I don't know if you noticed, Foz. <laughs> I believe he threw a shutout, and I think it was under 100 pitches, if I'm not mistaken. It was actually exactly at 100 pitches. Uh, I believe he had 93 going into the ninth inning and then just made quick work of the Twins. Gave up only three hits against them, one walk. Only struck out five, but he was very efficient in this start. And, I mean, look, he was a former Cy Young winner last year, doing Cy Young things again this year. Went the complete nine innings. Skip Schumacher, the manager over there. Nice to see him kind of rely on on him. You know, we weren't really too sure about what his kind of presence was this season when he became the new manager, taking over for Don Mangley, because Mangley's kind of an older school kind of player. He wants to see guys kind of grind it out. He threw Alcantara out there many times. I think he had like six complete games last season, if I'm not mistaken, led the league. And so it was interesting to hear like, oh, are they going to do that again? Schumacher in the eighth inning was like, you know what? I'm trusting this guy. It's a one nothing lead. We need to preserve it. I want to trust, put my trust in him to shut this game down. And that's exactly what he did. And hey, if he's healthy, throw him out there. There's no reason for him not to do that. It was only 100 pitches. It's not like he threw 130 or something like that. So my book, Sandy's one of those old school kind of grinder kind of pitchers. You love to see that in the sport. There's not too many of those anymore happening. I want to see some more of those starts happen. Let's go, Sandy. I'm just curious to see, you know, where the Marlins go, not just this season, but the following season, because eventually people are going to come knocking on that door looking for a trade for Sandy Alcantara. And that asking price is going to be humongous. And knowing the Marlins, they always have these players that come up, uh, he did come up in the Cardinals system, but he was traded to the Marlins, come up, light the world on fire, and then they get shipped out of town. And the Marlins continue to repeat that cycle. I thought, you know, they won the World Series in 97 and then 03. I thought they were going to do it every five years, and then it just never came to fruition. So it's great to see Sandy do things down there, but how long is he going to be there? Who knows? 
Yeah, I think a little Jeffrey Loria uh, hex was put on the Marlins, if uh, if I may say. And uh, you know, hopefully this new management, this new front office, kind of turns this team around and builds a contender. Um, you know, the fans really don't show up too much to those games out there. A lot of visiting. Uh, fans go out just to kind of tour the ballpark and, you know, support their visiting team. But it'll be nice to see, you know, if they can turn things around. And I do think they will have to make a big kind of either trade or acquisition to get back to that uh, place. And yeah, they may have to get rid of Sandy in order to do that. But that's one of those things where you have to sacrifice in order to get to your main mission to win a World Series for sure. I got to ask you a question. Not just you, but the fans out there. Were we wrong on the Milwaukee Brewers? They're off to a 6-1 and one start, lost on opening day to the Cubs, and then took away six straight, swept the Mets, and those Cardinals off to a 2-5 and five start. Fazio, you love the Cardinals. Talk to me. Talk to me. What's going on? I say their starting rotation's not really doing as great as what's going on. I mean, Miles Mikolas came off a great year last year. Uh, 2021 didn't do as great. Kind of looking like his 2021 self right now. I think he has an over-9 ERA. Uh, Jack Flaherty and really that's only about the only great pitcher happening right now on the Cardinals. You can also throw in maybe Jordan Montgomery as well doing decently so far, but they need to step up uh, in the rotation and, and just, you know, not bleed as many runs as they have been so far right now. They lost four straight kind of tail spinning a little bit. Lars Newbar also went on the IL. So they lost him. He's a big presence. He actually has the most Instagram followers on the team, which is nuts to think about. I just think the you know the offense needs to step up a little bit. We're not seeing Gold, Goldschmidt really be to his MVP self so far. Hopefully my pick of Nolan Arenado, he can step up a little bit. We saw Jordan Walker's first home run a few days ago, so hopefully he picks up a little bit. And I just think the offense hasn't really clicked yet. Their whole team hasn't really clicked yet. So I think it's still a little early. They can still make up ground. Just want to touch up on the Brewers one more time. Uh... The lack of offense by Christian Yelich is being picked up by a couple of other players over there in Milwaukee. Uh, two prospects, you got Joey Weimer and you got um, Bryce Terang. They're off to a great start offensively. Um, that's what it's going to be dependent on because I do like their pitching rotation. I don't think that's going to be their issue. Uh, I like their closer a lot. Uh, it's just going to see how much their offense could bounce back from what they did last year. If they could hit just even a little bit more and score these runs the way they are, Definitely going to be in contention, no doubt about it. Apple TV, it premiered this week. What did you think so far? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I know Apple TV took some heat last season, but I, I got to be honest. I think they're uh, they're looking to turn it around this season. Well, I think they have to now because it's no longer free. I believe last year they had uh, some free access to people that had Apple TV, but you need Apple TV Plus this season in order to watch these games. And so uh, I was able to catch a little bit of the Cubs-Rangers game, uh, Rich Waltz was on the call for that game. I like the uh, umpire cam. They showed a little bit of that when uh, Cody Bellinger hit his RBI single. Uh, Cubs won 2-0 in that game off of Marcus Stroman's brilliant performance once again. Looking really hot. I know you Mets fans out there probably kicking yourself seeing that, but uh, he's doing great so far. I also just want to touch on the Rangers before we leave this game to go to the next Apple TV Plus game that was featured in that the Rangers bullpen, we were really dogging on them last show. They're kind of laughing at us right now because as of this show, their bullpen has gone 23 and two-thirds inning straight without allowing a run. And so we thought that was going to be their weakness. So far, that's been their strength, really. Uh, Will Smith and Jose LeClerc have been kind of trading off each other with saving each game out so far. 
they may use kind of a, a platoon to have save opportunities between those two guys. And I think that leaves a little pressure off of both those guys to kind of perform in those situations. They kind of know that, hey, I don't have to do this every single time, but if I'm given the call, I'm going to go out there and, and perform. And so I just want to call that out, Mike. And I know you were kind of dogging on them a little bit too. We'll love to get your thoughts on the Rangers thus far. It was a bit of a surprise watching them get uh, shut out by Stroman, but hey, Stroman has been dealing so far. DeGrom bounced back, the 11 strikeouts that other day. Andrew Haney got roughed up a little bit in his first start, but hey, you know, it's one start. He could definitely bounce back. Texas is going to be better than we think. I, I really do. They lost 96, 97 games, if I'm not mistaken, last year. I don't think they're going to be a lot more competitive. You're going to see Seager and Simeon bounce back, start earning some of those big contracts they signed. So they're going to be in this race, uh, the wild card race at least, and we'll see how the AL West comes because I know the Astros aren't off to a hot start. It's fun to see. It's fun to see right now in April. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Another series that was on Apple TV, we had the Padres and Braves. Yeah, that was the other Apple TV Plus game that happened on Friday night. Padres wound up winning that game against the Braves, who have also been having a really hot start so far this season. Uh, it looks like they're going to probably take over the NL East and basically get to maybe over 100 wins because Ronald Acuna Jr. is just lighting up the show so far. Really great to see him come out to a hot start. I'm very confident in him getting batting over 300 in the season, getting over 30 home runs. We even had uh, a guy on YouTube. What was his name, Mike? His name was Greg Brown. Shout out to Greg, Greg Brown. Brown. Shout out to Greg Brown. He thinks he's going for 40-40, which is very possible. It just seems like whatever happens to this team, they're just there's someone else to come up and just step up and perform. And it's just like they're just an, an ongoing wheel at this point. Well-oiled machine over there down in Atlanta. Another series I was looking forward to last week, Guardians and Mariners. I I feel like these two teams are kind of kind of the same. It's just the difference is what the division each team plays in. You put the Mariners in the AL Central, I think they could do a whole lot of damage in there. Unfortunately, they don't play in that division. Yesterday, uh, you saw J-Rod hit that go-ahead two-run homer against the Guardians. You know, that guy's got a, a knack for a big hit. He's a big-time player doing big-time things in big-time situations. I don't know why he's not on the cover of MLB The Show, but that's another story for another day. Uh, sooner rather than later, for sure. Yeah, I have to imagine if he plays a full healthy season this year and he puts up numbers that we expect him to put up, he's on the cover. For those two teams going into this weekend, it'll be interesting to watch that series again for sure. Mariners are three and five, Guardians are five and three, and I guess because they face each other, that's why those records are the way they are. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the series, so uh, we'll see how it goes out in Cleveland. Josh Bell hasn't really gotten off to a great start for the Guardians as of yet. Uh, luckily, Josh Naylor's been hitting the ball, you know, behind Jose Ramirez, uh, keeping that line moving over there. Uh, Shane Bieber looking like his typical self. Going to be a hell of a season for both of those teams. Um, they're going to be in it all season long, no doubt about it. Why don't we head to third base? How about that, Fazio? we got a lot to talk about. we got a couple of wacky baseball stories, as we like to do here on Baseball 360. Let's start with our buddy, Cade McClure. If you don't know who that is, he is a AAA baseball pitcher who surrendered a home run to Fernando Tatis Jr. You guys know who that is. He is serving his 20-game suspension where he should be almost finished heading back to the San Diego Padres just in time to win National League Comeback Player of the Year, as I predicted. Cade McClure 
did not seem to take that home run and gave up lightly. He went to Twitter to share his feelings, as most people do nowadays. Fazio, are you able to uh, go uh, dive deep into that tweet there? I can, and I do want to say that uh, no, those that don't know who K. McClure is, he's a AAA pitcher for the Sacramento River Cats, which are the Giants AAA affiliate, as Mike alluded to. Served up a bomb. To, let's just not call it what it is. It was a bomb from Fernando Tatis Jr. And, you know, yeah, he's serving a suspension for steroids. However, Cade McClure, after the video went out, went to Twitter and decided to correct a Mr. Darney Tripp, who had said, Cade McClure will be telling people for years about the time he gave up an absolute nuke to Fernando Tatis Jr. So Cade responded by saying in asterisks, Cheater hits a home run on a rehab assignment during a steroid suspension. Now listen, technically, he is correct. Yes, he is serving a suspension. However, why didn't you strike him out? Why did you give up a a huge home run to him? I I know he's taking steroids. Maybe it's helping him hit those home runs, right? This kind of comment to me is just one of those like trolley internet, Twitter kind of comments where like at this point, you tip your cap to the guy and say, Great job. You did whatever. And you focus on what your mission is to make it to the Giants roster. This kind of tweet just says to me, like, frustration, kind of jealousy, pettiness. Obviously, we like to throw a little hashtag petty in our conversations between Mike and I. And that's just another classic example of this. Should this guy have said that? To me, I don't care. He can say whatever he wants. But he's got to back up what he's saying. And looking at his stats and... And statistics in in baseball reference. Personally, I wouldn't have said anything. I would just let it go. In no way, shape, and form am I trying to justify what Fernando Tatis has done. He should receive his suspension. He should serve his suspension as he's been doing. But Cade McClure, Major League Baseball is waiting for a popular player to come back for ratings. And it ain't you. Steroids suck. Having said that, they're not magic pills either. So listen, Mr. McClure, you want to come to the majors? Why don't you start taking them since they work so well? (laughs) But nah, he's a man of integrity, and there's nothing wrong with that, but he's probably going to be spending his entire life in AAA. But he probably threw out this tweet because he knew he wasn't going to come to the majors, but he'll at least be known for this. It's not a great look, uh, I think, for the Giants organization, for him, for the team out in Sacramento. I think... At that point, you just got to let it go. You pick your battles and you work on yourself. Ultimately, that's the ultimate revenge. Just keep quiet. You work on yourself and you get great and you, you know, try to do the best that you can. I mean, some people obviously doesn't pan out, but yeah, it seems like a little, uh, he got a little fired up and decided to go to Twitter and obviously it blew up and, you know, it was funny. I thought it was like a funny response, but like as a player being in a player's mentality, not the greatest decision in my opinion. Now, last week, we talked about that proposal at Dodger Stadium. Guy took a shot in the ribs, probably broke about three of them. We were stumbling around Reddit, as we usually do, and we're going to get into that. We happened to come across some interesting, uh, a picture of something very interesting, and I don't know if it's outdated or not, but Fazio, what did you come across? Well, he actually sent me this uh, via text, and it was in the Motor City Kitties uh, Reddit group, which is the uh, Detroit Tigers group. Shout out to them. It was sent out originally by Our Cool Guides, which is a Reddit group there. 
And it's actually a graphic that shows each Major League Baseball team's prices for proposals at the stadium. And just kind of looking through each of the graphics there, it looks like some of the logos are a little outdated. This may be like a 10-year-old graphic and maybe even 10-year-old prices. But just kind of looking through, it costs $2,500 for the Dodgers uh, if you want to propose to somebody at that stadium. So I guess kind of going back to that guy that got pummeled on field can kind of maybe understand why I didn't want to pay the $2,500 or even more now with inflation. And shockingly, the Yankees, it says here it only costs $100 to propose. Meanwhile, the Mets won't even allow proposals at their stadium. That's interesting. I thought that was another interesting part. Looks like I'm not going to propose there, huh? I have a feeling that is an outdated graphic because, you know, when it comes to the Mets, I think Uncle Stevie would let people propose at that stadium. Now, I know the Wilpons hate ring ceremonies of any kind. So, yeah, fuck them. Sorry for my language. Fuck them again. <laughs> um, anywho, let's move on to a, another little touch we've been seeing in baseball. Teams, players, they always love celebrating the home run. They got a little handshake, maybe even a little dance. They're taking it a step further. Am I right, Foz? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of seen this trend a little bit the last few years where, like, for instance, the Baltimore Orioles, they had a huge chain. They break the chain out, put it over the guy that hit a home run. The bling has been stepping up. The Angels broke out this samurai helmet for Mike Trout when he busted a two-run homer to left field. And this thing looked super legit. I'm sure Shohei Otani had some sort of influence on this decision there. I think they had one of those like bolo tie, like like uh, sun hats, I think, last year that they were wearing. And they really stepped it up this year. I saw the Cincinnati Reds had this Viking helmet that they broke out, this like silver Viking helmet after uh, India hit a home run. Pretty nuts stuff. And uh, the other thing I saw, I think, was the Jumbo Noggin Boss hat from the Atlanta Braves. So it was big, huge hats they wear on top of their heads after a home run. So it's fun. I like when they do kind of these quirky things. It's nice to kind of see like the fun side of baseball come out. Yeah. I mean, listen, these guys are human beings too. I'm sure they do whatever they can to break up the monotony throughout the season. You know, you celebrate a home run. They're hard to hit in this league for crying out loud. You know, one of the hardest things you can do in sports in general is to hit a home run. Speaking of Reddit, that hellhole that it is, even though I love it there at the same time. We were banned from a Reddit group. I didn't even know I would ever have to face that problem in my life before. What happened, Foz? Yeah, so it was uh, kind of interesting because you had texted me saying like, hey, we just got banned from this group, our baseball circle jerk. And uh, I was like, how? Like, I, I even remember posting there. And Mike was like, yeah, I just like posted our YouTube uh, channel and our YouTube video. Like I think it was the latest one that we released on our podcast and we're hit with an immediate permit ban. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I thought we would maybe get like a, a week ban or maybe like a couple of weeks ban and just be like, Hey, like we're new to this group. We're new to Reddit. You know, we'll ban you for a little bit. You can come back. Just know that these are the rules. My man just didn't waste any time. Moderator took us off and even had a, uh, the balls to like, comment in our little dm that we sent him being like i'm sick of this people's crap posting all these videos that's what like half the people do in this thread or in this in this group and i just ban them i don't want them here screw them like and i was just like right, dude relax like this kid must be like 16 years old he's probably like doing homework for his history class and he's gotta like worry about people in this 
group which is like idolizing baseball content. Uh, I mean, in the name itself, you can kind of gather what it's about. And so we wanted to kind of throw our hats in there. And, you know, maybe we probably shouldn't have just posted our video plainly. But at the same time, I, I didn't think we deserved a permanent ban there. So, uh, you know, if anyone from that group is listening out there, we're not going to miss you. We'll enjoy your content from afar. We'll steal some ideas from you there, maybe, for our show. And uh, we will never post there again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is Reddit. You open the door to that type of stuff every day. Reddit isn't the place for rules, okay? It's it's a fucking baseball circle jerk, after all. It kind of is a place for rules, because there are a lot of shady shit that does happen in some groups. With that being said, in this specific group, I think it could have been a little more easy on us instead of a permanent ban, but... It is what it is. We won't miss you, and uh, we'll just move to other platforms and thrive there. That's all. Let's head home, huh? Let's go. Last week, we brought to you our favorite three matchups of the upcoming week, and we're going to do the same for you right now. Starting off, I got a matchup. Padres-Mets. Padres knocked this out. Knock the Mets out. First round, wild card series. This is actually going to be another test for the Mets, too. You know, they're only really beating the Marlins so far. We saw what the Brewers did to them. This is uh this is gonna be a test right off the bat. We get to see what you know the Padres are made of. We think they're very good as well. Fun to watch the Padres. They're a fun team to watch. Talented team. Xander Bogart's killing it so far. Gonna be a hell of a matchup for sure. Who do you got, Foz? All right, Mike. I'll run through my three really quickly here, and I'll let you get back. I'll let you get back to it to finish off yours. But uh, first one I got Yankees Guardians. It's an ALDS rematch in Cleveland. Obviously, they faced off last year. Yankees took them in five. Great series. Look out for there. Guardians will finish up their series against the Mariners. Another great matchup I have here. It's uh, this coming Friday to Sunday. Going to be the Rays visiting Toronto to play the Blue Jays. I think this series could have a lot of potential for a lot of fireworks. Both teams right now, their offense has been clicking a little bit rotations for both teams have been great. Kevin Gosman out there pitched great against the Royals. He's been shutting out so far. Alec Manoa is picking it up a little bit to his Cy Young self, as Mike's going to predict for this year. And uh, who knows, you know, maybe the Rays might be undefeated by the time they visit Toronto. I don't think that's possible, but, you know, we'll have to see there. And then lastly, I got the Brewers and Padres. Padres got another four-game series coming uh, this Thursday to Sunday. Luckily, this time for them, it's in San Diego, so they can kind of get a little sunshine out there. Uh, but the Brewers, like we said previously in this show, coming out hot right now. They're 6-1. and one. We'll see where they stand next Thursday at that point. So, Mike, want to take it back to you. You can kind of wrap up yours, and then we can get the hell out of here. All right, yeah, real quickly, let me just highlight these last two series. We got the Astros taking on the Pirates. That's right, baby, the Pirates. Their first real test this season. Maybe they could take advantage of an Astros team that's not really clicking on all cylinders right now. Maybe they can steal yet another series early this season. And one other series I like, an all-time baseball classic series. You got the Dodgers and the Giants, San Francisco versus L.A. It always... uh, Gives me a sense of baseball history because I've had a grandfather who was a New York Giants fan, an uncle who was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. So it always brings me back to those days. And uh, this is always a classic, you know, West Coast matchup, Dodgers, Giants. I think the Dodgers are obviously going to have the edge here. I think the Giants are, you know, just I don't think they're going to compete out there in that uh, National League West. Too bad Vince Scully can't be here with us to call this one as well. But uh, it's going to be a classic matchup, no doubt about it. 
Definitely. And I actually went to a Dodgers Giants game in San Francisco back in 2007. And a lot of the fans out there would always chant, beat L.A., beat L.A. So you hear a lot of those chants going for sure during this series. And uh, yeah, it's one of those classic matchups that goes all the way back to New York. My grandparents grew up uh, Dodger fans. They used to go to Ebbets Field back when they were alive. And so, uh, you know, this is it's just nice for this series to kind of come close real quick in the season and, uh, you know, see some fireworks there for sure as well. I just want to say, yeah, for those of you listening out there, we definitely want to hit the century mark when it comes to our subscribers. It's going to be a big milestone. This channel is very young, as we know, and it's already off to a hell of a start in its rookie season. But for you early subscribers, you know, you get to tell the people you were there when Homegrown Sports Network was a rookie. You were one of the first 100 subscribers. That's going to mean something. It definitely will be because we're going to keep pumping out this content. We're not going to stop. You're more likely to stop before we do. We're, we're coming for you guys. We're coming. Having said that, tune in next week to the next episode. Hopefully we can uh, give out some tickets, you know, to our lucky subscriber out there who won the contest. We'll see you next week. Let's get to 100, baby. 100.